the final judgment of man. It's a subject that has led to much inaccurate speculation. This, the 31st edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to talk about some misconceptions regarding the judgment. It has been said that the only two things in life that are certain are death and taxes. I think that a more correct phrase would be that there are three, death, taxes, and judgment. We may even leave out the taxes part. But that's the idea that is put forth in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 when the writer states, It is appointed for man to die once, but after this the judgment. The judgment of man is an event which draws inexorably closer to each one of us. We can't avoid it, and so we must be ready for it when it comes. Now, there are many errors and misunderstandings about the judgment of man. In this edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to address a few of those misunderstandings by simply pointing out and reading Scripture which serves to refute each error. For example, some believe that only the wicked will come under judgment. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says otherwise. He writes that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so both the righteous and the wicked will stand before the Almighty God of heaven. A second error is the view that some have that only the righteous will be judged, that the wicked will not be resurrected. But our Lord himself refuted that in his teaching in John chapter 5 and verse 28 and 29. When he told his disciples, Do not marvel at this. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And so there will be a resurrection for the unjust, but it will lead to the condemnation of their souls. A third error that some come up with is that the righteous and wicked will not be raised and judged at the same time. But Daniel, in chapter 12 and verse 2 of his book of prophecy, obviously in reference to a single event, wrote, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. A fourth error that is held to with regard to the judgment is that backsliders will not be condemned at the judgment. The idea of once saved, always saved. The view that once becoming a Christian, you cannot fall from grace. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 10 and verse 29 asks the question of how much worse punishment do you suppose? Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Here you have a Christian, one who is sanctified, who is worthy of punishment because he has trampled what he once upheld. The fifth error, the view that after a man dies, maybe he'll have a second chance. Well, our writer in Hebrews, again, chapter 9, verse 27, as we've already read, established that it's appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And then finally, some believe the Lord has appointed a thousand years in which to judge the world. But that doesn't coincide with what Luke recorded in Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, where we are told that he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Now, having dealt with some of the errors, we would like now to make note of some important facts about the judgment and the resurrection. And the first thing is that 
the resurrection of us is as certain as the Lord's resurrection. We read Acts 17, verse 31, where we are told he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained and has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And in that he was raised, we are assured of our eventual resurrection as well. Concerning that judgment, it is a wonderful thing for those who are Christ's. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14, we are told, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. The judgment gives provision of heaven for those who are his. But just as it is as beautiful for those who are his, it is as terrible for those who are not living in accord with God's will. We're told in Hebrews 10 and verse 31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Beautiful or terrible, it is just, as just, as the righteousness of God himself. Again, Acts 17, 31, he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. It is just and it is fair, just as fair as the impartiality of the living God. You'll remember in Acts 10, 34, Peter opened his mouth and he said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. And then finally, that judgment is as accurate as the truth of God. We have just, we have fair, we have impartial, and we have accurate. Romans 2, 2, we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. It is also, and this is perhaps most important, as final as the closed door of heaven. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 10, you'll remember in the parable of those wise and foolish virgins that while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with them in the wedding, and then the door was shut. You might also remember Luke 13 and verse 25, when once the master of the house has risen up, and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, that he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. A judgment of God can be something to look forward to if we're prepared. And that's the question you must ask yourself. Am I prepared? Brethren and friends, we need to think on these things. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching Broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you. <laughs>